Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today we have a special guest, which is Joe Mom QC, who's come on to discuss the outcome of the Rangers tax case. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you about was with regards to the riskiness or otherwise of the EBTs. Because I noted in, a, in another interview you had done, you described them as quite vanilla and, and they weren't thought to be that risky at the time. Whereas I think that goes contrary to a lot of popular opinion up here at the moment, um, where people see David Murray and his use of EBTs as sort of a cowboy element to his use of the EBTs. I think um, now to appreciate quite how much uh, the climate has changed in the last sort of decade or so in terms of judicial attitudes to tax avoidance. So um, certainly um, 10 years ago, um, possibly even five years ago, people would have regarded transactions involving the appointing of money on trusts uh, and then the appointing of that money on subtrust for the benefit of of individuals and loans being made to that those individuals as being you know relatively unexciting tax planning not being particularly exotic um, if you told people uh, if you'd added to that mix um, side letters where those who were to benefit under those subtrusts were agreeing as part of their sort of contractual matrix with their employer that all of this would happen and that loans would be made to them and that would enable them to receive a higher amount uh, of money than if uh, they were paid directly. I suppose back then, uh, even back then, um, people might have begun to wrinkle up their nose. So uh, it's very possible that the Supreme Court would have decided the matter the same without side letters. But certainly the presence of side letters turns this transaction from one that would once have been thought to clearly succeed into one that was always slightly risky and we now know doomed to fail. How unusual would this scheme be in the context of big business? I'd say it, it, it was not unusual at all, really. Um, for a long, long time, EBT planning was, you know, absolutely commonplace. Uh, fundamentally, the idea of it is that the company, the employer, gets a reduction in its profits for the purposes of corporation tax without there being a matching liability on the part of the employee of that company to pay income tax. So kind of hardwired into our tax system is the notion of the symmetry. The company only gets its um, corporation tax deduction when uh, its employee has an income tax deduction. For many, many years, EBTs were thought to disrupt that symmetry. In other words, you could have your cake and eat it. You could get your corporation tax deduction as an employer without um, accruing a sort of matching obligation on the part of the individual to pay, to pay income tax. Uh, so, you know, they were very, very commonplace. It was, you know, about as commonplace a type of tax planning as, as, as you might um, encounter. One of the aspects that I think I find a little confusing is that in the ruling, it seems to be that there's almost a retrospective element to the action. It seems to be that it's about a matter of intention as opposed to specific specificity of the law at the time. Is that fair comment? I think it is fair comment, yes. I mean, once upon a time, 
judges were very much opposed to the idea that you might start off the process of um, judicial reasoning by kind of taking a, a deep breath and, and, and deciding whether or not you like the smell of the transaction. What judges once thought you ought to do is work through the law and work through the facts and arrive at a conclusion. And if that conclusion was that a transaction was attempted to avoid tax, failed to avoid tax, you would describe it as tax avoidance. Um, what we now see is um, judges reasoning um, backwards. So the very first sentence, I think, in the Supreme Court decision of yesterday um, identifies this transaction as tax avoidance. And it's a flavor of the reasoning in the Supreme Court. It's more prevalent in other recent Supreme Court decisions that the fact that the transaction is tax avoidance means um, it can't succeed. So in a sense, the courts are working backwards. Now, you couldn't reasonably have anticipated uh, until these fairly recent changes in judicial attitude that judges would reason that way. And that's, I think, why so many people have got caught out. Um, the advisers understood the law to be something when these transactions were entered into, and they now understand uh, the law to be different. And um, both of those understandings were right at the time, and the problem is that the law has changed. Given the, the ruling, would you say that the EBTs were legal, illegal, unlawful? What's the correct terminology? I don't think it's right to describe them as legal or illegal. Fundamentally, um, what tax law tries to do is draw a line in the sand, and it says if you fall on the left-hand side of the line, your tax liability is um, 10, and if you fall on the right-hand side of the line, your tax liability is 20. And um, So what people do is they try and fall on the left-hand side. They try and construct a transaction which attracts a tax liability of, of 10, uh, rather than the higher liability of 20. And sometimes they succeed and their liability is 10, and sometimes they fail and their liability is 20. But um, the fact that the transaction that they entered into attracts a tax liability of 20 doesn't mean that that transaction is unlawful or illegal. Uh, it just means that it's attracted a higher tax liability than um, those who embarked upon it intended that it should attract. One of the big talking points in society is obviously tax from large corporations. And I, I noted you said recently that HMRC tends to go after the low-hanging fruit rather than someone like Uber or Google um, with regards to tax liability. And I just wondered, why would Rangers or a, or, or a sporting institution, institution generally be attractive to HMRC? I think, um, I mean, I, I certainly did say that. I... Um, I do believe there's a lot of evidence that HMRC are avoiding tackling tax avoidance by um, the very biggest tax avoiders. And I have a project called the Good Law Project, which is suing Uber to try and establish that it's avoiding um, about a billion pounds of corporations, uh, of VAT rather, so much, much larger sums than the subject of the Rangers case. And at the moment, there's no sign that the revenue are going to go after Uber for that, and, you know, I'm a, a bit unhappy about that, and I'm sure many of your listeners will be unhappy about it as well. But I think when it comes to EBTs, it's probably fair to say that the revenue have gone after everybody. If you're the revenue trying to work out um, what cases you, you fight, um, one of the things that you have regard to, um, because you want to deter taxpayers from entering into tax avoidance, 
is the profile of the litigation if you do embark upon it. So, you know, if you're a very high-profile club like like Rangers is, um, really, if you're any professional football club at all, uh, and you embark upon um, tax avoidance transactions, you have to expect uh, that you're going to be um, a target for HMRC because they will know that if they fight you and they win, um, that win will get a lot of additional publicity, uh, and so they will be able to get their message out to the public at large that tax avoidance doesn't pay. And final question, Joe. I just wondered, with regards to the players that are probably sitting slightly concerned, what would your advice be to those guys? Well, um, the law in this field is, is, is quite complicated. What the Supreme Court has said is that um, there is a tax liability, um, and it's indicated that that tax liability falls in the first instance on the employer. And I think in most or all of the cases, the employer company is in fact insolvent. Um, the consequence of the liability falling on the employer, solvent or not, um, is that it doesn't typically fall upon the employee. So slightly bizarrely perhaps, it may very well be that the consequence of the Supreme Court decision is good news for players. Um, the liability, uh, as I say, may well turn out to be the liability of their employer rather than of, of them, the players. Um, but as I say, the law in the field is, is complex. And so um, if you are a player and you are listening to this podcast, then um, it is worth taking professional advice. Joe, thank you very much for joining me. Great pleasure. Thanks for having me on.